Welcome back to the Beer O'Clock Podcast. I'm Dylan Toon. I'm Angus Norris. And we are here to bring you all the important views and outdated news from the Australian beer world and beyond. Uh, trying to be a little bit less outdated news-wise, but we'll see how that goes. Um, we will, won't we? <laughs> yeah. It's it's in your hands, Dylan. <laughs> it's as much a mystery to the listener as it is to us. Um, <laughs> Which is, I think, the beauty of the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's what, why we're not, not flying up the charts, I think. Um, but we appreciate all the devoted listeners who stick with our incredibly erratic schedule, nonetheless. Um, year of the local kicking back off didn't really kick back off as of yet. No, I got one out, I think. Maybe two by the time this goes out. Better than nothing? Well, compared to the six months before, it's a, you know, just an absolute cavalcade of them. Yeah. <laughs> Uncalculatable um, increase. Exactly. Um, no, there's a lot of stuff I've done behind the scenes. I've spoken to a lot of people. Hopefully work will calm down shortly and we'll, uh, you know, be able to get a few more up. Yeah, well, that's been the, the problem for both of us, I think. And um, that's also why a few of our interviews and things haven't, haven't come to pass, but they're definitely on our mind. Yeah, I do have to apologise to a couple of people who I've kept putting off. So we'll uh, we'll get there. Yeah, I think we'll definitely be able to do it soon. And especially, you know, we're, we're back in lockdown again, which is great. Um, and probably still will be when this comes out with any luck. In, not, would, with any luck in terms of getting this out, not in terms of uh, being in lockdown, obviously. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's almost becoming normal now here. I think we've ticked over six months today. Yeah, well, we were out so briefly. Mm. Um, it Yeah, might as well have not been out at all. Um, I would still rather be us than New South Wales and thoughts go out to our New South Wales brethren. And, and, our, South Australian, and our South Australian friends who were locked down. My uh, Adelaide staff were not taking it well this morning. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I guess you can you can tell them from experience it'll it'll be all right. Yeah, you'll you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, and um, you know that it, it's bound to happen again. It's winter. Um, we'll get through it as we always do, and hopefully we can get some bloody vaccines and go from there. Yeah, go out and get your shots. I'm one down. One oh, to go. good, good. I um have haven't been able to get one yet, but yeah. um keeping my eyes peeled. Um. But yeah, I think that's that's all the preamble we have. Yeah, I've got no I other admin to take care of. If there is, I'm I'm sure it's not important enough to mention. Exactly, or it'll come up in the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll slot it back in seamlessly. Um, so straight on to the news. Then the beer industry diversity survey has launched. Yeah, so we talked about um, Beer Agents for Change, I think, in the last episode, but it may be the one before. Um, I think it was this, last episode. I think it would have to be, um, just with the timing of Rat Magnet stuff and all of that. Um, we'll put a link to the actual survey in the show. Basically, it's for everyone involved in the industry, um, and those guys are sort of looking to identify issues that may exist in our own scene, um, maybe also strike preemptively and get some yeah. training and stuff for breweries, um, set up third-party reporting, all that sort of stuff. Before, yeah, before we have a situation where some of our most beloved breweries are, you know, bad things come to light and it's realised that it's a bit awkward to continue supporting them. Yeah, exactly. Maybe if we can stop that, stop the issues happening, that would be Yes, good. yeah, that'd be great. Um, Rat Magnet's a, a pro follow on Instagram. As well, just just for anyone wondering, 
So outside of all this worth following, it looks like Notch had a very good Kolsch day recently. Oh, God, that looked exciting. Yes. <laughs> Everyone proper Notch-branded stained glasses and just Kolsch all day. Yeah. Perfect. Nothing <laughs> else. Um, that's, that's you know, the kind of dream that we're still... You know, Australian craft beer seems maturing, but we're not that mature yet. We're, we're, mature we're not ready for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, dry July is in full swing. Uh, neither of us are doing it this year. Uh, I was had sort of tentative plans to do it, and then I'm just going to wait till after COVID, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably a good call. I'm doing a sort of 10-day one starting next week. Okay. Oh, so, that's better than nothing. Uh, drier July is more what I'm calling mine. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to stick to, you know, one or two days a week. Yeah. That's, uh, that's yeah, so dry, dry-ish. Yeah. Which is sort of the point anyway. Yeah, exactly. It's more about thinking about your consumption, I think, as much as anything. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and to help think about the consumption, Upflow have received a grant from Amazon, which is... um. Yeah, they're a very cool company, which is good. Yeah, so they got one of five Amazon Launchpad Innovation Grants, which, you know, sounds like a bit of a wank from Amazon, but good to be supporting um, startups and people doing interesting things. It's another one uh, of those things where you can't be too mad about. It's like the BWS stuff and stuff. It's like it's probably self-serving, but, hey, it is for it is for a good cause and useful outcome. Exactly. Um, so they got a 20K cash injection, uh, and then they've got sort of an advertising package with that with Amazon, which includes some actual billboards and some Amazon ad credits that they think add up to about 200 grand. Oh, yeah. That's pretty good. That's, yeah. yeah. It's a pretty good prize. Uh, and when you think that they've got pretty big plans to, like, be more of an overseas um, brewery than a lot of other Australian ones, uh, it makes sense for them to be partnering with Amazon. Well, as the seat, you know, it's sort of a burgeoning non-alcohol craft beer scene as well there it's a great time to get that kind of the promotion may be worth more than it seems in dollar value at this point in time because they're That's really getting right. in as, as it's beginning to boom and maybe making that relationship with amazon early is is good for them down the track can't hurt that's for sure because they already have their brew their beer contract brewed in germany already oh okay that's cool um and i've heard them talk about if they were to establish their own facility it probably wouldn't be in australia which i always find interesting that sort of stuff yeah, yeah. Um, it, may, it definitely points to big plans, I think. Exactly, exactly. They have plans bigger than non-alcohol in, in Melbourne. Yeah, which is great. We like to see it. Um, non-alcohol in Melbourne, if you're looking for some Dry July stuff, there's some, some great options at the moment. Um, Molly Rose have just released a couple of alcohol-free things. Yeah, there's an IP, a Citra IPA, I think, and a Strawberry Sour. I have both of them. In my fridge waiting. And uh, there's, you know, obviously we've got heaps of great stuff around, heaps of normal stuff. Even Pirate Life uh, haven't released alcohol freeze, but they released a 1% stout and a 1% pale ale. Oh, that's cool. I hadn't heard that. Yeah. Um, there's Nort have just released, I think, a bit of a range instead of just having the one beer. I think there's a lager, a pale, an XBA, and an IPA. The Nort's the regular one, whatever it is, I assume it's pale ale. I, I, I think so. While I was um, away a couple of weeks ago. And yeah, very nice. Yeah. Um, and tinnies are still around winning awards. Um, there's great, heaps of great options. If you if you want dry July recommendations, feel free to hit up the website and we'll point you in the right direction. Exactly. Uh, on to the next point of interest, brewers benefit from the Manufacturing Modernization Fund. Yeah, so this was basically a government initiative where if you had a, a project, um, they would contribute 
an amount of money. You know, you had to pay sort of 80 plus percent of the bill, but they would, you know, chip in if you uh, met certain criteria. Um, we've got a 5.1 million split between Capital, Bent Spoke, Blaster, Brick Lane, Ballistic, Moondog, Modus Operandi, and Seven Mile. Uh, all for various things. Uh, so Ballistic are doing it for a, a, it sounds like lab work sort of stuff. Modus are doing it to buy equipment towards their naught non-alcoholic stuff. Moondog are using, are getting about 350 grand to develop post-mix alcoholic seltzer brands, which is really what we want to hear. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, the, that sounds like the only one I'm not, not super keen on, but, you know. And the rest are all sort of, uh, towards capacity upgrades and, Things yeah, like all, all good stuff by the sounds of it. All interesting stuff. Exactly. Useful stuff. Um, yeah, good on them. Glad to hear it. Uh, in a, on a similar note, East Coast Canning have invented in direct-to-can digital printing. Yeah, so they've also received a million dollars from this um, modern manufacture, whatever it's called, Manufacturing Modernization Fund. Yep. Uh, towards their... Uh, project their project is pretty cool so they the tech they're buying allows them to print directly onto the cans and then seal them with a you know a varnish like you see your bee can would have so it doesn't rub off okay cool uh it's pretty cool from a sustainability point of view it removes plastic from either the shrink sleeves um that people use or the backs of the stickers which are really hard to um do anything with Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, and they think it's creating a, seven additional jobs as well, which is, you know, nothing to sniff at. No. Well, yeah. That's um, especially in a fairly niche kind of industry. Yeah, exactly. And I think their main office is based in regional. I want to say New South Wales, but I'm not a. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> but that's but yeah, possibly even better if it's not in a city. I, I know it's not in a city. I, th- yeah. I know it's somewhere regional. Yeah. Good on. That sounds good. Yeah. On the other end of the spectrum, Asahi have confirmed they lost, well, they cut approximately 150 jobs when they took over CUB. Yeah, I think we knew about quite a few of these already. Um, Mm. It was sort of, it was just double ups. You know, you don't need multiple people managing like pirate life and things like that. It's the problem when you take things over, I suppose. Yeah, it's more just for interest that we're mentioning this. It's obviously not great for all concerned, but um, yeah. I think it's worth noting. It's always interesting to look at the the non-beer impact of a takeover. Mm. Just to see, yeah. Operationally, like, and are those people then funneling down elsewhere in the industry? Are they being lost to the industry? Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of these CB people seem to be well qualified, so fingers crossed they have a good outcome. Yeah, lots of them have been bouncing around i remember the pirate life guy i think lobbed up at newstead and you know things like that so Mm. it may well be craft's gain in the long run yes that is true uh in positive news for asahi are they going to deliver vb in electric trucks yeah so that's another sustainable initiative from them because we spoke about uh, their uh, solar stuff up in mildura uh it's a while ago now i think i've lost track of when that was um, recently enough that I remember it. So. Yeah, yeah, they've got a big solar farm up there and I think VB had become carbon neutral at that point or offset or something. Yep. Um, so this is the first ever electric truck in Lim Fox's fleet. Uh, for all the truck nerds out there, it's a Volvo v- VL, 
electric, fully electric model. It uh, does about 250Ks between charges, and they think it'll deliver over 100,000 cans of VB a week. Great. And I guess, you know, it's assume this is, yeah, just um, around metro areas. Uh, yeah, metro Melbourne, yeah. I think, this yeah. one. Yeah, that, that's cool. We get to... Um, I assume these are the ones I've been seeing on LinkedIn and stuff with the... Uh, there's been some smiling truck drivers and things, and yeah... I also saw some colonial trucks. I want to say, oh really? With um, I don't know if they're electric, but that massive like colonial prints on the side of like the beers, which are oh, that's cool. No, this so this is the first electric truck built in Australia. So there are more coming, obviously, but this is the first one I think kicking um, around. Wouldn't be surprised to see more of them. Then it's one of those mm. kind of initiatives that I think everyone can get around. Yeah, I think Lynn Fox are looking to invest in them quite a lot. If you know, where possible. Yeah. Prob- at the moment, we probably don't have the infrastructure to do it uh, for the long-haul stuff, but definitely in city stuff, there's no reason why you can't. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, any this sort of press can only help them in the long run. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and speaking of press, I don't know if not hurting is the right way to put it, but uh, Brew have survived to live another day, to, to fight another day, to... They have. Another day. They have. I really didn't want to talk about this, but then the Herald Sun reported on it. I felt we had to keep up with the. Uh... <laughs> we can't have them being, you know, with the preeminent brew reporters. Maybe actually, but probably brews news. Yeah, probably pr- as much. Probably, but it's always worth uh, being f- talking about brew doing stupid things. This was actually their Mildura Brewery company because, of course, they've separated it. But you know, ownership's the same everywhere top down um they basically didn't pay their power bill for eight months over covid <laughs> had a forty five thousand dollar debt lodged in the vic supreme court and it was dismissed because obviously a payment plan was reached yeah yeah that that'd be that'd be a hell of a way to go if that was the thing that did it though imagine if that was the way they went but uh i guess the saga continues yeah good news for us and bad news for beer drinkers i guess and anyone who invested in that. <laughs> yes, yeah. They, they probably just want to be put out of the misery at this point. Um, we've got a couple a couple of event updates. Obviously, events are a bit on pause. Um, and sadly, Darker Days was one that didn't manage to come back. Yeah, because we, we talked about that last time. Uh, and I think they can, they had to cancel on the day or the day before. When did our lockdown start? Thursday. Yeah, it was it was pretty close. Yeah, and so they were the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So that's obviously gutting for them. Yeah, that is. It's sad to hear. Um, it is, but you know, nothing if not resilient. So we are, uh, yeah, have they, have total faith they'll be back as soon as they can. Yeah, they've had a shocking eighteen months, or you know, worse than others because with the bushfires as well. Yeah, that yeah, way. I hope that um. People, you know, when they can, will get around them, and I'm sure they will. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Blobfish is meant to be coming up in, well, what is it, two weeks-ish. Um, so that's also, that's that's probably a maybe. That's uh, We have some breaking news as of an hour or so ago. Mm. Uh, that's actually been optimistically rescheduled for early September. Okay. So it's now the 3rd and 4th of September that's, for the time being. <laughs> well, that's probably smart. It's probably smart to get ahead of it, and it's not enough of a change that, you know, I think that's enough of a change where it's it's realistic. 
Yep. But uh, it's not going to... Two yeah, weeks totally time is going to happen. Yeah, yes, two weeks exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Would not, not without being severely restricted if they were super lucky. It just That's doesn't right. seem worth it. Best to, yeah, I, I like that they've got ahead of it. Yeah. Uh, well, well done to them. Yeah, and we have tickets, so... <laughs> we do, so that is a vested interest for us there. Yeah, yeah, so hopefully be able to give you a report in the September podcast. With any luck. Um, on more positive news, uh, no brewery closures this month, but there are a few that are up for sale and a few that are somewhat close to our heart, or at least that we've been to semi-recently. Yep, yep. Uh, so Beach Hut's been up for sale for about a month, I think. Um, the owner was just looking, I think, to move move to the country or something. So it's a very quick 250K work in, walk in turnkey business sort of thing. Yeah, uh, it looks like a great deal. I mean, you, you have to pay a, a running lease, but it seems like the, the business is profitable. It, it um, seemed that way, didn't it? Yeah, and it seems like a great deal for someone who's got a bit of experience, wants a bit of, you know, hospitality know-how, wants to get yeah. in on it. Um, I'm sure someone will do quite well out of that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Cockies, which is one of our favourites down in Geelong. Uh, the owner's retiring, uh, looking to find someone. I wonder how that'll impact all the contract brewing brewers that he services down there. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I wonder if it's still maybe uh, they can use it if, yeah. It, it's difficult to say. Um, I guess he's hoping it will probably sell quick enough that it won't be a consideration necessarily. Exactly, exactly. Um, understandable, though, it sounds like. He'd been he'd been at it for a good long while. Um, yeah, it's got to be seven years, something like that. Yeah, and it was always sort of a, it was a post regular like post nine to five retirement sort of. Yeah, I think yeah. I think it became a semi retirement play thing. And yeah, yeah. Um, put out some really good beer. Uh, very warm, welcoming place. Be sad to see the end of it, but hopefully whoever takes over can do something keep, cool with it. Keep that ethos or. That's well, a good you, spot. You couldn't exactly, exactly. You can't quite ca- you can't capture what that is because no one else has managed to do it. But I'm sure they can do something with it, true to style. Yeah, yeah. It's a good little spot, and yeah, I'm, I have good have plenty of faith in it turning out alright. The other two, I think, are almost more in- interesting for the industry as the whole. And I would assume these are people being sort of tired after COVID, wondering if this is the best business for them to still be in. But Three Rivers, which is a brew pub in Mandurah, in WA, yeah, uh, they're looking for new owners after seven years. And yep. Mudgee, uh, obviously in Mudgee in the middle of New South Wales, uh, they're looking for new owners for the first time in 14 years. Yeah, so, it, I mean, Cockies may almost be a similar thing as well. I mean, a lot of these are all kind of similar. Sort of a bit of a, a sea change or a bush change and it's... Uh, Maybe just this, not worth the trouble anymore. Heart may not be 100% in it, and so it's best to get out while you're still ahead. Yeah, it's an interesting time as, you know, these owners look to dev- divest their interests. Are people going to buy the brand? Are they going to buy the equipment and restart their own thing? It'll be interesting to see over the next couple of years as more and more of these businesses reach sort of 10, 15 years and we get founders fatigue and bits and pieces. Well, there's certainly, yeah, a lot of these, these four are, I would certainly say well loved by local communities, but not necessarily big enough names to to buy out. So it'd be interesting to see how they go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, got a few openings, uh, which is good. Yep. 
Um, good land. Got a weekend in before in between lockdowns. Yeah, we flagged that. We definitely flagged them on the last podcast. They're the one out in Taralgon. One weekend, yep. lockdown again. <laughs> I guess at least they got a weekend. I, I guess so. Um, it sounded like their beers were well received, so that's good. Good. Um, and we'll obviously get down there at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not not major priority, but um, it'll definitely happen. Yeah. Um, Deeds is open. Very. It's popular. It's popping off. Beer's good. We went down. We'll do a full scouting report thing next time. I think. Yep. But um, it it's open. It's very modern. It's doing well. It's great to see. Yeah, it's very much an upmarket restaurant vibe from yeah. the decor, at least. Yeah, for sure. And and but the beer's really good. Um, yep. And can't ask for too much else. MS Nine Wagyu, which is fun. Yeah, you can't can't argue with that. Yeah, the rest. Of the, it's sort of interesting. They got some very fancied up pub fare, which is um, yeah, quite enjoyable. Mm. Fits um, the area. Yes, it does. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so close. It's right next to Glenara Station. It's definitely the the place to do it. Yeah, um, we saw the uh, one of the founders slash owners of Brewmanity in Deeds when we were there, and uh, they've also got an approval for a brewery and tap room in South Melbourne. Yeah, David Neitz was clearly checking out the competition south side. <laughs> yeah. Um, they've got uh, approval for a hospitality venue and brewery on Tope Street in South Melbourne. There you go. I don't really know where that is near. That is one of the main ones in South Melbourne, this side of St Kilda Road side of Clarendon Street. It's okay. Wrong. <laughs> so not trying to think of... Proximity in terms of West Side, not far. Yeah, that's sort of like not far, but not super close. Yeah, South Melbourne's not that big, but yeah, no. Um, they've got what looks like a pretty t- cool rooftop plant. Um, oh yeah, that'd be fun out there. Yeah, they've also got a new investor um, who's Sam Tracis from the Bell's Hotel, which is next door, um, and he's sort of going to come in, okay. run the hospo side of that, which is. You know, that makes sense for all involved. Yeah, yeah. If, if he's there as well. Exactly, exactly. Um, no, I think, uh, I, you know, Brewmanity's beer, uh, it's sort of just like, you know, fairly well-made standard fare, but I'm, I'm interested to see what a venue by them would look like. I have a feeling it would be good fun. I think it'll be, I think the fit-out will be good. That's just the vibe I get from them. And yeah, I agree. I wonder if the beer improves when they have their own facility. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, they they only really you only really see the social base. You don't see much else around. Yeah, very rarely. I think they have a hazy and maybe a couple of sours that pop up occasionally. Yeah. That that standard pale is totally fine. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. So um, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Stomping Grounds third venue, Morris Moore opened uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I've been meaning to get down there as well, but obviously lockdown got in the way of that. Um, it's also huge. It's at the old Philip, uh, Philip Morris. I'm sure it's Philip Morris. The cigarette factory down in Moorabbin. Yeah. Um, that would probably be Philip Morris. I think it's Philip Morris, isn't it? <laughs> that's, that, that's a cigarette company. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there we go. <laughs> uh, 460 person capacity. I'm not sure if that's a pre COVID capacity or a post COVID capacity. That Impressive either way. Yeah. Um, apparently it's a similar vibe to, uh, Collingwood, but they've still kept sort of the main architectural features of the building. So the buildings sort of define the style and the design a bit while still being 
stomping groundy. Having that same kind of atmosphere. Yeah. So that'll be thing. that'll be cool to check out. Yeah. Uh, and I know they're doing a lot of other things down there at that at that um, complex. There's going to be a lot of other stuff around them as well. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, I remember us talking about that last year, and yeah, it's good to always see these things come to fruition. Uh, new set of open in Brisbane Airport. Seems like we've got a few airport breweries popping up. Yeah, after n- never having one and everyone complaining about airport beer in Australia, I think we've now got Melbourne, Adelaide, Hobart, Canberra, and Brisbane. That sounds right, yep. Um, so this is another brewery opening their third venue because they've got two in Brisbane as well. Oh, wow. uh, uh, so they're opening an airport bar, level two, gate 38, which I'm pretty sure is, if you know Brisbane Airport, I'm pretty sure that's the one one of the ones down the end where you walk all the way down about three kilometres and then there's a circle at the end. Pretty sure that's one of those. Yeah, I've been a few times. I can't really remember. I, don't, I honestly don't really know where they'd fit one, but I'm yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of places I haven't been. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's part of a $40 million redevelopment of the domestic terminal up there, which is sorely needed. Yes, no, that, I definitely won't argue with that part of it. <laughs> no one has ever said something nice about Brisbane Airport. <laughs> no, and with good cause. Uh, Bowden Brewing have opened after six years of planning. Yeah, I thought we just had to mention this. This is a, a sort of, I think it's a one of those very inner Adelaide suburbs just on the fringe, uh, sort of near Theberton and stuff like that. Uh, and I thought we need to mention it for six years in pl- stuck in planning. <laughs> yeah, that's Deeds-esque. Yeah, yeah. So I will be getting out there if I'm ever allowed back in the state for work because it won't be far away. Good, yeah, keen to hear about it. We'll finish up with the uh, tasting paddle. Um, Barthas has released list of top 40 brewers, and this is in terms of volume, isn't it? Yeah, this is in terms of volume. Um, so these are the hop guys. Uh, they obviously have reasonably good data. Um, I just thought it was interesting. We'll chuck a link in the show notes uh, more about which brewers suffered last year and which ones didn't as much. So... Uh, for example... It seemed like you know, a lot of them suffered to some that, degree. A lot of them suffered because you'd think they'd, most of them, these guys would be producing sustainable growth, low low sustainable growth in production. Yeah, yeah. But lots of, you know, sort of 10% losses. Um, of the big ones, United Brewing Group, which is Kingfisher in India, fell 34%, which obviously they had issues last year with... They would have been closed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they would have copped it pretty hard. But still, it's still surprising that people weren't drinking it, you know, at home. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I wonder if they weren't allowed to buy it, like if they were like a South Africa. Oh, yeah, that is possible. Yeah. Uh, w- ones that interested me, our buddies Height, which we learned how to pronounce correctly in South Korea, they yeah. went up 8% increase in volume, which is sort of an outlier compared to a lot of this other data. Oh, it, it's... Cheap, I guess, and people are probably drinking a lot in South Korea, as they always do. As they always do. (laughs) Yeah, so maybe that's it. But yeah, that was my main takeaway was that I was just surprised that everyone was falling, really, uh, in a year where everyone seems to have drank more. You don't know how much of that is craft beer eating into the share or just a production thing, like you said. Yeah, I would indicate that draft beers hurt these guys more than craft brewers is probably the the takeaway message. Yeah, I guess you yeah, um, sort of forget how much macro was poured in pubs because we try not to go to those places as much. 
you just look at some of these numbers, ABI, 467 million hectolitres. <laughs> That's a lot of beer. That is. <laughs> Although that, uh, yeah, ABI is not all-encompassing, but heavily encompassing. Heineken, 221 million hectolitres. Yeah, that's a lot, of, a lot of Heineken. That's a lot of Heineken. I guess it's over a lot of countries, though. That's true. That's right. Read Heineken in Africa, anyone who hasn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, yeah, Heineken, Southeast Asia, etc., etc. Mm. It's all over the place. Um, good news for me, wisdom teeth removal may increase taste. Yeah, I thought this was cool. I don't know quite enough about this or have looked into it enough, but I've put we'll chuck the link in the show notes for anyone who's interested in this. Um, it's a University of Pennsylvania School of Medicine study, so it's got some credibility to it. Um, I would assume it's some retronasal benefit, basically. Yeah, yeah. More, more stuff moving in the back of your mouth and then olfactory and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and increasing taste isn't always a good thing with some beer that we try. So No, and it's also how do you measure increasing taste? Are people actually just picking up more of something? Yeah. yeah. Like maybe you're increasing your susceptibility to bitterness rather than increasing taste overall. Yeah, increasing taste could mean one of many things. Is it, is it yeah, like you said, more of a um, susceptibility to certain things or is it more of a... You know, you taste things more intensely, or is it just that you gain a wider spectrum? It uh, it's pretty vague that uh, on its own. Yeah, I d- I didn't notice anything when I had two of mine out. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, can't say I was thinking about it, but no, too. But it's still good fun. Yeah. Um, the crafted uh, crafted the glass makers are back after a two year hiatus. I've still got a few of their glasses kicking around. I um, honestly didn't really know they went anywhere, but I haven't been looking for glasses, so neither did I. But uh, it's good to see they're back. Uh, there's been a lot of love for them on social media in the last few days, so that's good to see. Cool glasses, uh, and I think there are probably a lot of modern craft drinkers in Australia's like new, you know, first like fancy glasses. Yeah, and I think people clearly break them a lot more than than I do. There was one post I saw on social media where they sent a card and it's like, Shopify told us this is your 17th order with Crafted. And it's like, that's a lot of glassware. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can understand, yeah, you know, glasses break, but that, that does seem a little bit... Um, yeah. And you could only ever buy in minimums of two. <laughs> so that's so just a, a lot of glasses, glasses to go gone. through. Yeah. Unless they're just throwing out other other glasses because they like them that much. Maybe they have twelve people over all the time. Who knows? <laughs> we'll uh, yeah, let them keep their secrets. Yeah, I will probably be buying some glasses from them in the yeah. next future. I'll probably grab something. I'm sure there's. I'm sure I'll have broken something and gone there. Yeah. <laughs> um, Eagle Brewing rebrands as Five Peaks Bruco. Yeah. So we talked about this a few months ago. This was our racist Kiwi friend who. He was the owner who posted something. I can't even remember the specifics. It was against the Maori population. It was pretty mm, offensive. Yeah. Um, they've had to rebrand did the negative press. Um, but I think we should make sure that everyone knows that that's still them <laughs> so they can boycott them if they uh, so choose. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, yes, that is probably fair. And I was ho- you'd hope a rebrand would mean a, a change in ownership, but no, this is just... Well, the original change in ownership of him being kicked from the directorship was he gave his shares to his wife. So, you know. <laughs> Doesn't really solve the problem. No, no. 
What happened to old crazy mate in uh, rural Queensland? Oh, yeah. on. I oh, imagine handsome. COVID might have taken care of that. It could well have. <laughs> Although, who knows? It's difficult to say, but it's, sometimes you wonder, you hear about these breweries for the first time when they do something bad, and then you don't hear from them again. You're like, has, uh, have they been boycotted sufficiently or have they just still doing the same thing and we just don't look them up? You also worry about rural Queensland if he's not just some anti-vax hub and they've actually thrived through COVID. <laughs> The only place open. <laughs> uh, Bintani's had a busy month. They purchased Hopco at the start of July and they will now become the sole distributor of New Zealand hops in Australia. Yeah, so that can only be good for brewers, I think, if uh, Bintani have got more products to offer. Um, yeah, yeah. And good to see, you know, Motueka, Nelson, all those fun Kiwi hops getting over here, hopefully in larger volumes. Yeah. Uh, I don't think, wouldn't hear many people say bad things about Bintani, so I think it can only be a good thing for Australian brewers. Yeah, exactly. Um, they distribute stuff well. You know, stuff gets around when, when they have it, so good yeah. for them. That's all you need. And I think that that's all we have for the news. It is. We've done surprisingly well. This is our quickest one for a while. Yeah, still not super quick, but uh, by our standards, we'll, we'll take it. There's not many places you get a... 20 pieces of news in 30 minutes. Yeah, that's true. Um, especially with such depth and time limits. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We are back with the ranking of lagers. Every episode we take what used to be three and at the moment is still one lager and we will slot it into a master list of rankings after we try it. So the idea is one for each country, but kind of uh, cheated in some ways. We did promise this, though, if it was possible. Uh, we did Budweiser for America. We did Pabst Blue Ribbon, which was a contract. But uh, we did say we would do Bud Likes. I think that was technically the more popular of the Buds. Yeah, I think it's Budweiser's flagship beer, for want of a better word. Yeah, yeah. So I think we said... If, if we could find it. Yes, if we could find it, uh, we would do Bud Light. And we found Bud Light, so we'll do Bud Light. In a wonderful aluminium bottle. Yeah, interesting to open. Um, it looks kind of cool. It cools fairly quickly. It The utility of it, though, is... Um, yeah, Questionable. Quite, yeah, debatable, I think. Um, at the moment, our top five sit at uh, Pilsner Urquell from the Czech Republic, Terence from Scotland, Carlsberg from Denmark, Kilmers from Argentina, and Kingfisher from India... And the bottom five, uh, Bintang from Indonesia, New Entrant Lab from Serbia, uh, Vonu from Fiji, Kuskenya from Peru, and Pabs Blue Ribbon from Parts Unknown. So tell us a bit about Bud Light. Well, Bud White Light was added to the uh, the Budweiser range in 1982. Mm. And by that old, I kind of thought it was more recent. It sort of felt feels like a more... It feels like age. a more recent thing, doesn't it? Because it's low calorie and all of that, that's its its sort of jam. Yeah, yeah. That feels like a nineties idea, not an eighties idea. It's funny because they call it Bud Light, but you know, it's still four and a half percent or whatever. Four point two percent. Yeah, one hundred and ten calories. So. Oh, okay. So that that's reasonable. Yeah, it is quite light. Uh, by nineteen eighty four, it was already the flagship light beer um, in the states, um, and yeah, the, it's just become behemoth. Yeah, so I guess light in America really means. 
light on calories, whereas we you know we think of light beer as light on alcohol. Yeah, which is also light on calories. Yeah, they're, they're talking about calories, but we're yeah. talking about alcohol. And yeah, it's just funny. Like you imagine an Australian going to America asking for a light beer, and they'd have a million of them. But um, and what they're really drinking is a pure blonde, not a uh, <laughs> not a not a Bogues light. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, not heaps on um, on that, but I I think the cultural and societal impact of uh, Bud Light is fairly undeniable. Bud Light is the American beer. Exactly. If um, people want more Anheuser Busch history, they can go back and find whatever episode Bud was was in. Yeah, I mean, it depends. It depends where where you are in America. Um, it's sort of like an Australian thing where you know you have your overall beers, and um, I think Bud Light's definitely that. I mean, in America, you might have depending on where you are, you might have your you know, your Yingling or yep. your um, your Miller. Miller, uh, Coors. Yeah, and all of the regional ones they have as well uh, in between. Um, so, yeah, uh, but I think Bud is probably the most representative of the country, I guess is what I'm getting at. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, um, it, I will say just on the, the appearances front, it looks great. It's very golden, uh, nice bit of lacing, nice light head. Lovely, clear, golden colour. Yeah, it's a, it's a very well-crafted uh, beer. If you're looking for... It, this looks like what you think lager looks like. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like golden, but not like um, not like too light. No, no. Um, yeah, it's actually... Uh, it's just golden, I think is what I'd say. Uh, yeah. And uh, that's kind of what you want. But it's it's got like a little bit of head, and it's, it's kind of interesting because it's... It looks like a nice pilsner. Yeah, yeah. Um... And doesn't taste horrible, which is a big no. improvement on some of the th- ones we've had recently. There's not a lot of like off flavors or anything. It's like a little thin, a little touch watery. of corn. Yeah, but not not a lot. Not offensive corn. Like yeah, it's more of like a bulk corn. Not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's it's like a nicely used adjunct rather than the primary yeah. flavor you're getting. This is going to be really tricky to place. Yeah. Um, one of those annoying ones where it's it's almost flawlessly brewed, but perhaps not super interesting. Uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll debate that and uh, we'll be back. And it's like we never have left for the listeners. So. All right. After some deliberation, we have decided this slots in at number 12. It was sort of similar to Corona and Stein Lager, but just a bit better. It's a very well-made macro lager. And um, it's just clean. Yeah. Apologize for all the people who are going to stop listening uh, but you know you probably should have done that already, uh, considering we had Carlsberg at number three. Well, yeah. Um, some of these beers are very well made. That's why they're, they're famous. You you can't argue with just clean. Yeah. You know, like it, it's inoffensive. There's and nothing here that there's no faults. There's just it's a pretty looking beer. It's not, there's no there's and a enough lot of, bitterness. Yeah, and you sort of look at the you look at the top probably eight or nine, um, potentially ten. Yep. Uh, and the top ten are really. There is something good about them. Yes. And then sort of a lot of the 10 to 20, uh, there are no discernible flaws. And this is kind of at the upper echelon of there are no discernible flaws. That's right. And it's pretty drinkable. This is beer. It's drinkable. Yeah. And yeah, I I think 12 is where it belongs. Yeah. Interesting that like original Budweiser is 25, uh, which is... That was not good for me. No. Um, But... Yeah, it's it's funny because they're not not, not dissimilar beers. No, but this is just uh, this like, is like easier drinking. I I feel the original one is slightly more bitter, like in your face bitter. Yeah, but not with like good hops or anything, and, probably and a bit more. oxidized. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a win for the aluminium bottle, I suppose, is what we're saying. Well, yeah, it certainly held up well. Um, 
it's uh yeah we don't we don't focus too much on dates but um no because macro lager you know it's sold old year worldwide i will say that this is quite old and it's still really? held up very well yeah good so um that is another tick for the bottle and um, another probable tick for ackland street settlers yes <laughs> they, they get enough ticks but yeah um so you know this is this is an interesting period of ranking lagers we've done 38 now yep so it's probably going to start to get more difficult but um uh, there was a surprise find of lagers today oh it's very so, good to hear future yeah the future is secure that is exciting um and hopefully for the listeners too any thoughts any recommendations we're sort of happy to to bend the rules a little bit and yep. slot stuff in so if anything you would like to hear if you if you have a macro lager and you're like i wonder where that slots in this just let's yeah we'll do it the rules aren't too but yeah uh, Bud, Bud Light number 12 of the ranking of and we are back with the cellar I feel like we haven't done a cellar in a little while it's got to have been the best part of nine months yeah possibly for the best with some of the choices we've made in the past choices have been suboptimal at times uh, for but, our health, you know, not for the yeah, beer. for the listeners. We do it for the listeners. Exactly. Um, everything is done in service of the podcast, to some degree. Um, we have a bit of an interesting one today. So this is, um, I would say, it's not unfair to say that neither you and I, you or I, are the um, biggest like proponents, fans of Stockade. Don't dislike them, but I wouldn't say they're like, my favorite brewery or anything. No, no, um, I, I don't think they'd make my top hundred. Yes, but they do do a certain. A certain beer, yes, has got quite a lot of uh, accolades and respect, which is old money. Yep. Um, and a few years ago, um, they did a, a smaller version called Rockefeller, which was a, a bourbon barrel aged dark ale. Yep, about three percent. Uh, five and a half. Is it that big? Well, it is bourbon barrel aged. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, three <laughs> percent so ale, two and a half percent bourbon barrel. Yeah, it, it's it's the three percent of imperial stouts. Yeah, I think yeah, it's it's, it's the mid strength of imperial stouts, basically. Um, and, and so we've you got, wanted to do this for a while. Yeah, I wanted to do this for quite a while. I've actually had these for, for multiple years. These are both, we've got a 2017 Old Money and a 2017 Rockefeller. And we just thought it'd be interesting to see how Big Brother and Little Brother stand side by side together. Yeah, four years on. Yes, yes. And a bit of time too. And um, interested to see, you know, how well the, the lower alcohol one holds up. I've heard 2017 Old Money is a very... A yeah. good old money. That's the year, isn't it? Well, yeah, from what I hear. Yeah. Um, I've never had an old money, so that will be interesting too. Yeah, I think I've had one. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I, people who listen to podcasts would know I, I don't go out of my way to seek bourbon barrel aged stouts. I like them. Yeah. Um, I lo- love a CBS. In moderation. Yes. I, I love like interesting kind of ones. Um, but yeah, keen to see how this goes. So um it's probably going to go and miss it on for a while, so this may be a, a bit of a, an hour-long time lapse. Yeah, so we'll see how this goes. Yeah, yeah. We'll be back. We, we may just uh, may be a week from now, get the birds in the background. Or <laughs> see how we go. We are back. Um, we have had the Rockefeller and the Old Money from 2017, and pretty interesting, interesting results. Um, Very much so. Both had good bourbon character. Yeah, both had held up well. I will say that first up. Yeah. Um, I think there was no... Especially with the 5.5% one, um, the Rockefeller. Uh, I think 
was surprised at how well it had held up and how it developed a little bit too. Yeah, it had that sort of slight oxidative sherry character, mm. um, but not in a bad way. No, in, yeah, that's not always a bad thing. Um, it, it contrasted really nicely with the bourbon and the the malts that were still there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, not a lot of roast. No. Um, but it, it's kind of that made an interesting comparison piece to the proper big imperial stout, which is the old money, which I, um, I thought was really good. Um, pretty mellow. Yeah. It it had aged nicely. Yeah. Um, all, all the parts were nicely combined. So you had the sort of chocolatey part, you had the roasty part, you had the bourbony part. Yeah. I I found some nice like sort of coconut and fig sort of that character coming through. I I think the fig was a bit of oxidation as well. Yeah. That sort of, dried fruit cherry thing and again not necessarily a bad thing no um, no they're appropriate to the style i will say as far as the seller thing goes i don't know if it's necessarily a thumbs up i don't, I don't know if that's like the best time to open mm. them i think it's an interesting time um, I, and i think it was an interesting thing to do them side by side yeah because you realize how much they vary from one another and it probably is more pronounced after the the four years yeah um I think the old money was drinking well. I'd probably give the old money a thumbs up. Yes. And the Rockefeller, I'd probably say, isn't what it was meant to be, but is still drinking fine. Yeah. So I guess they're both, they're both like thumbs ups, thumbs ups with our... Thumbs up Yeah. Like, they certainly weren't bad, but yeah. we're not necessarily saying this is the best way to drink them. No, no. Um, but that doesn't mean that we didn't enjoy them. And I think the Rockefeller was actually really cool. Yeah, probably, probably to phrase it, if you've got a 2017 old money, it's still fine. Yeah. It's yeah. probably the way to frame and it. And the Rockefeller too. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. I feel there's different. less people cellaring 5.5% oh, beers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and this was the thing, yeah. We, we kind of just did it for that reason at the time. And um, yes, no one else in the world, unless they accidentally have one in their cup. Yeah, they um, find it in the back of the cup. Yeah, yeah. Still drink it. It's worthwhile. Yeah, and I think, I think the old money could potentially take more time. Yeah, I, it, it's got time. I think I don't think it is so good right now that if you have a 2017, you have to crack it right now. No, no, it's not like it's dying or anything like that. And it's not like it's at its super duper peak right now. I think there may be more development, yeah, which is more interesting. And looking at the Rockefeller, which is probably developed faster, I think perhaps more interesting development to come with the old money. Hopefully, um, yeah, maybe more of that dark fruit sherry kind yeah. of thing. So it depends what you like. Exactly. If if you're getting into those oxidative characters, gives you sort of problems you'd probably drink it now yeah it can be but fortified exactly if you're, if you're into that if you're into barley wines into <laughs> yeah yeah then everything maybe leave it the longer you sit on it perhaps the better yeah the more of that will develop but yeah it's mellowed out nicely it's in a good spot yeah so I guess yeah if you're going to do thumbs up thumbs down it's probably it's a thumbs up but you know ish yeah just in a different way yeah both very enjoyable Alright, we are back with the Desert Island Six Pack, but we have a bit of a twist today. Um, we saw an article on Beer and Brewer yep. recently, uh, top five brew pubs in Victoria, I think it's sort of an award thing, and we thought, if we went to an island and we could take six Victorian brew pubs with us, what would our Desert Island Six Pack of Victorian brew pubs be? And so we're going to do the normal... Uh, Desert Island six-pack format. We'll sort of go one and one and back and forth, let each other know if we've got a duplicate. There'll probably be quite a few here. Um, You'd think so. Yeah. But 
we'll sort of just see how we go and trying to bring this segment back. It's one we like, but it's it's difficult to get ideas at times. Yeah, and it involves a bit more prep as well. It's yeah, that to... that's something we're always quite against. We're really good at prep. Mm. <laughs> uh, do you want to go first? Sure, I can go first. I think I'm going to start with the most obvious one. Regular listeners will be aware. It's Westside Aleworks. Yeah, yeah. And possibly not what you would think you'd hear after hearing most obvious, but for this podcast, I think no real other option. Yeah, if you... I had this too, if it wasn't clear. If you're listening to this podcast and don't know that Westside Aleworks is the most obvious answer, you haven't listened for long enough. Go back to the old back catalogue. There'll be plenty. Or, or even better, go to Westside Aleworks if you can. Um, that too. Understand why. We may be there. <laughs> um, I think one of the gold standards of liking like a, a great brew pub is that the amount you want to consume their beer goes up a huge amount at the brew pub. You want to go to the brew pub, drink their beer, but you don't necessarily want to just go buy their beer um, because you like the vibe and stuff so much. And, and also their pizzas are sneaky good. Yeah, real sneaky good. And their fridge is sneaky good. That, that fridge is really dangerous. It's one yeah. of the great hidden secrets in Melbourne craft beer. Yeah, yeah. Um, find some very fun stuff with very reasonable prices there. Um, uh, funnily enough, Westside Aleworks did not make Beer and Brewers top five. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, that is somewhat unsurprising, but also somewhat disappointing. Uh, uh, I think it says a lot about the, the voting panel. <laughs> and how poor their decisions are, yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Moondog OG as one of mine. Cool. Um, had a lot of good times sitting on those ratty couches drinking Tim Tam and Oreo beers and yeah. Anything. Yeah. It, it's, it's a strange spot, but it captures Moondog's essence far better than Moondog World does, I think. Which I think is fitting because that finished third, I think, on the Beer and Brewer one. Yeah, it was definitely on there. but um, And it, they went OG as well, not World. Which is Yeah, yeah. I think there's nothing wrong with World. World no. is what it is. World, world is very good for getting people interested in craft yeah but it's not a great brew pub experience yeah og it's too too big yeah and og feels really like like the essence of moondog you can go in there and you can have a have have a black lung or a lug you can do whatever you want really it's um, really do whatever you want and it's a nice little area too yeah most of stuff. awesome area um i'm going to go with mr banks Hmm. it's a place i really like having beers at the beers are really good. You've got the sort of food bit. You've got the sort of basketball cornhole yeah, basketball bit. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, cornhole, all that sort of stuff. I feel it's a good atmosphere. It's a place where you want to have a beer. Other people are enjoying having a beer. Or just hang out. Yeah, I've only been once or twice and yeah. enjoyed it. I think I went very early days. Uh, it's probably changed quite a lot, to be honest, since I've been last. But um, Mr. Banks' beer is fantastic. So Yeah, I, and that's really it an important part of the experience. They also brew a lot of beers that benefit from being super fresh at the source. No one's fucked with it. No one's had on warm for weeks. Yeah, it does help. It does help, for yeah. sure. Um, I think my next one, which I, I have to kind of do, is is Bridge Road. Um, yep. Because, a classic. Yeah, being them taking trips up there, like sort of that general direction and always taking overly long detours to go there mm-hmm. um, I maintain that they have some of the best pizzas full stop they in do. Victoria um, and yeah it's pretty great the beer's great and yeah. also Beachworth's just a lovely town even just those pretzels like it's worth yeah, the pretzels, pretzels alone yeah yeah um, and just trying some 
Bridgeroad released so many beers, but they also they, they keep some stuff. For Core range of about forty or something ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there's still some stuff there you can't get anywhere else. And yeah, it's just yeah, Beachwest, lovely town. Um, Bridgeroad's good brewery. Pizza's incredible. You can't really go too wrong. And you're in the high country where there's seventeen other breweries. Or yeah, yeah, now and yeah, Bilson's down the road. You know, yeah, yeah, a lot of fun places. A lot of fun places. Lots you can do. I, I suppose I'll stick with the high country theme. And go Mitter Mitter, which is probably not a brewery many of this is aware no, of. No, never been myself. No, awesome. Really awesome. In the town of the same name, you cross the river of the same name to get there. Um, it's like a quite a quaint little, almost farmhouse sort of vibe. You mm. rock up, there's a little area with lots of outdoor tables, nice food, awesome sort of high country cold weather beers. Yeah, yeah. You know, say Saison, I think there's a big Maybach, you know. Ah, yeah. I'm trying to think what I've had of theirs. I feel like I had something silly. They have, like, 500ml bottles, I think, that they get out and about. Mm. I, I think it's probably the Maybach. I reckon that, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that rang a bell. And that is a really fun cold weather beer. Like, you go up to the high country, it's properly cold. You can see snow on the hills, you know. And you want a Maybach. From the brewery. That seems like the right thing to have at that point in time, I think. Local tasting platters, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and that's sort of in that brewery, brew pub vibe where it's about the education, you know, where pe- they're really invested in getting people to know about the product. And Yeah, and there's a few places like that, but um, not necessarily brew pubs that do that. Yeah, and it's sort of, I, I think that's an important part of the brew pub vibe. Yeah, yeah. A bit of a, a community giving back yeah almost yeah kind of vibe yeah um i'm gonna go next with um bodricky yep which is um as much for their beer as it is for their cocktails and also for their incredible like uh latin american food so i would be giving this a special mention yeah not quite hitting the six but yeah but my note next to it is Best food, non-pizza. Yeah, yeah, no, So, like, sure. I, I... And they have to be up there. I think... Is it Carlos Dominguez? Is that his name? Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, Ex-Noma. Ex-Noma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You name it, this show. guy's worked there. Um, and his food is incredible. Like, we have spoken at length about the jalapeno stuff. Yeah, yeah, but just everything is so good all the time. And, um... The, yeah, uh, cocktail, spirit selection is great. And the beer yeah. is just good. And the vibe is just... It's, it's very fun. It's not what I'm always up for, but it, it has... It's it's If you want something a bit more energetic, it's really, yeah. Yeah, if you're keen to sit somewhere where it's a bit louder than your average brew pub, like it is... If you're in a social kind of mood. Yeah. Yeah. If you've got a group of 15 people, Bodrick is where you want to be. Yes, for sure. For sure. And they've done that. You know, it took them a while to open, but they've they've turned into this social destination quite quickly. Yeah, and Super they've finally awesome. opened upstairs, which will be cool as well. Oh, okay. I haven't, haven't seen that. That's no, a, yeah. another excuse to go back. It's opened. Yeah, so... Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> no go, choice. Go back, I suppose. Um, I'm going to go next. I think I'm actually going to go Future Mountain. Yeah. Out in Reservoir? Is that where it is? It is now. That area. Yeah, yeah, it's just past Carlin on the track. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Between Carlin and Hawkers. <laughs> Between Carlin in the middle of bumfuck now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, awesome. Like, I, I really like the sort of vibe of sitting between the barrels out the back. Yeah. Honourable mention for me, I think. Um, I, I do like it a lot too. 
I just think it's great also that you can buy a 750ml bottle of 2% beer. Yeah. Have a proper table beer. Yeah. Have a table and have a table beer. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. No, I think that alone is worthy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's probably not your most sort of brew pub-y brew pub, but it is, it's a nice experience. No. Look, I think for an urban farmhouse-y kind of thing, it's difficult to get that vibe and I think they do a pretty bloody good job. Yeah, they've got their aesthetic down. And yeah. It's yeah. working for them and... Or what and the beer's do. really good yeah. and the environment's good. Everything sort of fits. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, the next one I kind of tossed up, um, these I tossed up between two that were quite close together. Mm. I went with Bell's Beach in the end in terms of the Torquay sort of battle. This so nearly made mine. Like, it, it's it's an honourable mention for me. Yeah, it was, it was that or, or Blackman's for me. Yeah. Um, and both great. Um... Bell's Beach, I just thought was really welcoming, cool. Yeah. Just sort of, yeah. Anywhere you can get pints of 4% stout as well. Yeah, yeah. And it's just very pleasant. Um, like, and it's again that kind of difference between the ratio of like how much would I want to buy this beer somewhere else and how much yeah. do I want to go to the brew pub to buy the beer. And like, yeah, I think it's a place where I'd be like, I don't know if I'd buy a lot of Bell's Beach, but I would really go out of my way to go there again and that's kind of like if you're somewhere near there you don't yeah yeah I, I would make sure i take a trip down to bell's beach just because it's very pleasant uh, it's you know it's it's kind of that warehousey big open front downward yeah. sort of hill uh driveway still got to sit on the couch and <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 and like it's with the walking distance so much stuff like there's a lot yeah. of good things to like about it yeah i think they were long walking distances <laughs> oh look yeah i think we probably walked a few more k's than perhaps it felt like then other people may yeah have. yeah but yeah, no, I 100% agree. I, I thought that was an awesome venue. Like, in, yeah. Yeah, you can't get too upset. No. I'm going out on a limb here. I'm going to go with The Foreigner. Yeah, yeah. Honourable mention for me too. Very borderline. Yeah, really close, isn't it? Like, it's one of those ones that could go either way, but God, I love drinking there. Yeah, it's, it's just such a nice atmosphere. Yeah, it's sort of an industrial warehouse type brewery, like next to like twelve other industrial warehouses. Yeah, but like, but they've got this tiny little bit out the front where you sit in the sun. It's super then, welcoming too. Super welcoming, and you drink that pilsner, and it's like, where would I? Why do I drink any other beer? Where else would you rather be? Yeah, really, exactly. at that point in time. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely down with that. Um, I think, well, I think this is my last already. Yep. Um, Got to go with uh, Hop Nation. Yep, the original. Um, I'm going to have that as a honourable mention. I think. I think for me, uh, there was you know, there's so many other ones that I, I wanted to mention, but Hop Nation. We've had so many good times there, and I think the memories of me, like you know, we went multiple times like oh, yeah. over a course of weeks one summer, and it was like memories of just going upstairs, watching them. Tear around the brewery, the dogs run around downstairs. Just the dogs some... pee in the in the drain. Yeah, yeah, just just all this, all this. It's just such a, it's like a sort of an old sort of stained glass kind of window sort of vibe. And yeah, um, you know, Top Nation beer is great. It's I so think, good. I think for me, it's just sort of like yeah, too too many times gone there to say that it couldn't be one of my top six. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, just even their core range stuff, drinking that there, it's just like. It tastes the best, yeah. yeah. Like, and and you can, you know, they have some really cool stuff there. Like, sight is more of a thing now, but like, you know, back then you could get like a a damned, then a yeah. sort of an unnamed, almost Flanders red thing that they were playing with, and it's and yeah, it was just yeah. I'm almost regretting not putting it in my top. 
top six. Oh, look. That was almost one of us. Well, that, that's yeah. obvious. <laughs> and, and in that vein, my last one is going to be Stomping Ground. I yeah. Don't, I don't think this would be done properly if we didn't mention something. Yeah, and that was the toss-up. My main reason for not putting Stomping Ground is I've only been there like twice. Oh, really? Yeah, and I had a great time both times, but like, I just... It's not as familiar to me, yeah. so I thought. And Emperor was, I was also I've been playing there the cards fifteen times. Yeah, like, it's like playing the cards as well. Like I, I know you've been there a lot. So yeah, it's like it, strategic. It'll get move. mentioned at some. Yeah, exactly. So even if I just go after work with a few people to go have pints of Gibbs Street. Yeah, but yeah. you can do seven pints of Gibbs Street, or you can have you know seventeen tasters of ridiculous things from. Gip Street like Smoke Lager or yeah they do, do the all, Big they, Rauk they yeah. do a lot of stuff and they do it very well to the um, Belgians from Golden which I raved about last podcast yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like yeah I think I think I went for my 30th and I went with a mate once but like I'd happily go again yeah um, I want it to be in my top 6 it's awesome like and there is a reason it's won that beer and brew award 4 years in a row yeah it's, it's a huge spot but it doesn't feel huge alienating. it almost feels like there's Three or four areas which are almost distinct from each thing, other. Yeah. yeah, it's like not to not to rag on other breweries, but um, you look at something like a Dayton. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I love Dayton's beer. Yeah. Um, that brewery feels a little impersonal. Yeah. A little cold, especially considering the br- we've talked about this before. I think yeah, we, we have. We have that the brand they have doesn't quite match their space. Yeah. Whereas Stomping Ground have this sort of. I would say relatively a similarly brand. big, yeah, yeah. A similarly big kind of place as well. Like it's and it's difficult to but make it, that feel welcoming. It's personal. It just works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there's an art form to that. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, we're, we're, we're no doubt missing a lot. Um, so let's, let's rattle off a few honourable mentions. Absolutely. Uh, do you have more in your six? I think. No, that's my six. Yeah, I was going to say. I think I think we're there. It's just making sure. No, that's my six. Um, I will give an honourable mention to the mill. Yep, mill's cool. Yeah, right around the corner from Something Ground. Um, it's one of those places you just like drinking in. Yeah. <laughs> they they make beers that are good for drinking. They <laughs> It's very much, let's go to the mill on the way somewhere else. Like it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like, I can go to the mill. I know I'll get something like a Marzen Scorsese or something. Just a nice Mertzen. Nice, yeah, like variety of stuff they make. Four and a half percent multi lager. Like, yeah. what can go wrong? Yeah, and like they do an interesting array of stuff. Uh, I'd like to just shout out Noodle Doof, which yep. I think has gotten is really cool yep. um, and was very welcoming at a strange time of day. Down in Corrit. Yeah, yeah. Um, near Warrnambool, sort of. Warrnambool, yeah. Um, their hours are strange, but the beer is really good. Staff is really friendly. Um, They're seven days a week, aren't they? Yeah, but it's like nine to three on oh, Sunday, yeah. just something weird <laughs> like that. Yeah, um, but th- they're a good spot. Um, if if you're out in the way to South Australia or something, it's, it's definitely worth stopping. You know, I think I should also give another Collingwood shout out to Molly Rose. Yeah, yeah. Um, they were unlucky, probably not to take the spot that I gave to Future Mountain. Yeah, like they that to me they're in the same sort of area. Um, a lot of. Well, obviously in the same sort of beer styles, a lot of yeah, house yeah. stuff, a lot of sour Kind of stuff. a different spot. Molly Rose is like quite intimate. Yeah. 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 But Fugitive Mountain's also in that sort of almost educational feel. Yeah. The way Molly Rose is. Molly Rose is probably a bit more intimate. Molly Rose almost feels like a, a cocktail bar that happens to serve beer. Yeah. Yeah. Which is not a bad thing. 
And Tucker actually on popcorn, like as oh, a side. Yeah. Like, Genius, Gene. Um, I would like to shout out Burnley. Yep. Uh, just Vienna Lager. But my, <laughs> a lot of it during uh, COVID, doing like takeaway slurpy cups of beer and like yep. doing free quote unquote growlers, which were just like 750 mil plastic bottles. Bottles that they were still, yeah, that, I don't know. They just, very good for the community. They did what they need to do. Yeah, good addition to Richmond. Um, Beer's great. Yeah, yep. very friendly people. But it's just good. Stuff. Our food's quite good too. I should say that. I'm going to give a slightly left field one and say Bad Shepherd. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's well known that I'm not a huge fan of their beer. Yeah, like on the whole, like a few things we like quite a bit. Yeah, but that venue works very well. The food's good. Yeah, the American barbecue yeah. is like it's quite expensive, but it is undeniably very good. Yeah, it's a it's a nice venue to have beers in. Yes, for sure. And it's a good one to take non-super-duper-crafty yeah. people to. Yeah. Um, I think for me, uh, I want to say Boat Rocker. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mostly just for quality of beer, but it, it's a nice spot. It's just so far away. It is just hard to get if to. If it was summer. closer, geez, it would be right up there. Yeah, I would say Red Hill for similar reasons. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's a great spot to sit on that back balcony, looking out over the hot vines and just having some, you know. Yeah. Um, something. And you know, a similar one that perhaps doesn't count for different reasons. I think if if, if weak gang counted, mm. there's a reason we haven't mentioned it. That's yeah. I guess maybe we should put it out there that we probably can. should say weak gang is a bar. Yes. That happens otherwise, to be owned by the exit yeah, guys. Otherwise, it'd probably be on here. Yeah. Um, one I, I'm curious about is why fixation is not. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe um, does, is it not? Is it not that it feels like I like fixation? Yeah, you, like you love the beer, obviously. Uh, so. I actually sat in fixation last week and had one of everything on tap. Yeah, like, you know, I, it ha- it's just I don't know. It's fixation feels almost not like a brew pub. Yeah, fixation and range to me both feel a little sterile. Bit barry. Yeah, like they're, they're both, the beer is amazing, friendly people, um, but they just don't have that looking at, vibe. You're looking at stainless while you're there, but it's not the same. No, I know it yet. Yeah. Well, I, I figured that was it. That was, it was probably, I was thinking, thought, the reason you haven't put fixation is probably the same reason I haven't put range. Yeah. And yeah, it's that it's a little, little impersonal. Yeah. Um, even though the beer is good and the staff is friendly, it's just yeah. that, doesn't have that quite, that pub It's, pop it's not quite, I don't know if it's they don't do their own food. Like, if that's part of it. Oh, yeah, look, yeah, possibly, yeah. But, yeah, I just don't feel that it's quite in that same echelon. Also, there's so many good places around that area, too. Yeah. It makes it hard. Well, we've named out half of them. Yeah, and range is, like, down the road-ish. Yeah. So, yeah, possibly, same problem. Um, I think that's, I think that's everything I had on my list. I think I'm done as well. Yeah. So, there you go. Desert Island Six Pack is about 20 breweries each. Yes. Um, yeah. We we did na- we did narrow it down to six. There is yeah. There is six each. Um, but yeah. Oh, Wolf of the Willows. We'll shout that out. Well, yeah. Ha- haven't been yet. Yeah. Um, Get there. Get there. Like it is very much an industrial warehouse in Moorabbin. Yeah. Somewhere like that. You know, it's near Moorabbin Airport. Yeah. Um, but you know they do it well. Their beer's awesome. Also recently opened too, so yeah. probably worth giving them a shout out. Yeah. Um, and went that, to those Thai muscles. Oh my god. <laughs> we went, went to two rupees today too, and that, that's quite a cool spot. 
Yeah, it is a really cool spot. And uh, it's Ed, getting better. Ed Miller and Danny, both great bugs. So. Yeah, yeah. So that's. I think it's worth mentioning just because um, incredibly friendly staff and a little bit different. And pizza's pretty good. Pizza's pretty good. Yeah. And can't go wrong with a pretty good pizza. Well, the year of the local has shown us that. Yes, definitely. All right.